Hi, I'm Heather Hayashi, and welcome to this podcast. My website is rhythmsofgrace.ca, and it comes from the verse in Matthew where Jesus talks about what it means to follow him, and that we can we can follow who he is and how he does things. And it's this remarkable verse that has become one of my favorite for life. And so that's what I named my website uh, just to help me remember whether it means something to you or not. It's it's my own kind of little little stake in the ground that helps me remember why I'm doing what I'm doing and why I want to communicate with you wherever you are to remind you that that Jesus is reaching out to you and he is saying if you're tired and you're worn out that you can come to him and that he is all that you need and so that is kind of the essence of what my website is about and my books and blog and these podcasts and uh, so that's just a little introduction to me I um, I should probably say uh, the verse is Matthew 11 28 to 30 if you want to check it out it's so fantastic and I love it in the message uh, just how Eugene Peterson wrote it um, how he reads scripture and rewrites it in such a way that the language it just seems to make a lot of sense and I really appreciate that so you can check that out if you like uh, today I want to talk about pain but I want to talk about it in the sense of two different ways. And I got the idea from a book that I'm reading. Um, On one of my recent trips to a thrift store, I found a book and I was attracted to it because the pages are really nice. I forget what you call the edges when they're kind of um, rough on the edges. And it makes this, oh, it just feels nice in your hand when you hold the book. So I was attracted to that first and I picked it up. Uh, The author's name is Barbara Brown Taylor. And I had never heard of her before, but she had four books in the thrift store, and I grabbed all four of them. And this one I'm reading is called An Altar in the World. And uh, she's a fantastic writer. She's got some brilliant ideas. She calls herself a contrarian. I think that's how you say it. And uh, on her website, if you look it up, barbarabrowntaylor.com, I believe, She says, uh, I say things you're not supposed to say or something. And she has kind of this really refreshing way of talking about the truth of who God is in a way that gets past some of our religious clutter that we add into our sentences and our words that can, uh, can cause us to not really understand the meaning of things. And so, yeah, she's fantastic. Um, so in this particular book, she's talking about a lot of different spiritual practices. And one of, one of the things she talks about is the practice of feeling pain. And as someone who lives with a chronic pain illness, I'm always drawn to chapters like that. Not for uh, an excuse for why I shouldn't have pain or a demand that God heal me from my pain. Because after... What is it now? 20, 25, 26 years of living with endometriosis. Um, I've understood in my prayers to God and my begging of Him at times that I don't believe it is in His plan to heal me from my pain. I think He can. He could. In a single second, He could just 
snap his fingers and my pain would be gone. But for some reason, God has decided, no, not, not for you, Heather. There's something else here. And over time, I've come to accept that and even find that pain has been a gift that God has given me that has removed the clutter from my life and helped me to know him, know that he loves me, and know what his purpose is for me in this very broken world. So in this chapter, The Practice of Feeling Pain, Barbara um, determines two things about pain that I really appreciate. She says, um, there is a difference between pain and suffering. Pain, according to the Medical, Medical Association, this is a quote from her book, um, is an unpleasant sensation related to tissue, tissue damage. And that's the definition from the American Medical Association. She says, that language is a little too restrained for the situations I have in mind, but it is scientifically correct. Pain originates in the body. The hurt comes from swollen joints, fluid-filled lungs, damaged nerves, and invading tumors. More often than not, you can lay your hands on pain. You can find the place that hurts and press it, eliciting a howl or at least a grunt from the person it belongs to. Pain happens in the flesh. She goes on to say, suffering, on the other hand, happens in the mind. The mind decides what pain means and whether or not it is deserved. I really love that. Because there's one thing that I found early on in my pain life, and that was that pain itself, in my particular scenario, can be managed with uh, medication and heat and massage and stretching and sleep and the right foods help and fun and happy things in my life help and supportive people. Uh, surgery, which I'm still waiting for. <laughs> and, you know, there are ways to bring the pain down to a manageable level. And I'm grateful for that. Even if I have to go to the hospital and get a shot for something, there there is a, a great amount of hope. And I'm grateful for all the resources that I have that are pretty close at hand. Some people have no access to any pain relief at all. And it breaks my heart. And I ask the Lord how I can participate in that for them because it, it's incredible to be able to just go to your cupboard and grab a bottle of Tylenol or whatever you need and relieve your pain within 10, 20 minutes. Uh, it, it's an amazing privilege. But I, what I really loved about what Barbara wrote here is that the suffering that we can put ourselves through can happen in our minds. So let me just give you an example. Over time in my life, I've been able to uh, clear away some suffering. And, and it's come with an attentiveness to, to not only what's going on in my body, but what I feel in my mind. So if I, you know, if a friend wants to come over and visit and I'm not feeling well, I can either invite the friend, just come on over, bring a coffee with you, would you? Because I don't feel well enough to make coffee, can you bring two coffees? And my friends will come and bring coffee and sit with me on the couch and accept me with a pile of dirty dishes on the counter 
or whether or not there's toilet paper in the bathroom, they, they just come. They come and they join me and sit with me and we have great conversations. And, and so the benefit of their friendship and the time together is so good. And the suffering that I relieved myself of would have been getting up and scurrying around and trying to make the house clean and impressive to them so they think well of me, which is just ridiculous when you think about it. So over time, as God has brought my attention to these things, I've, I've kept a very uh, quick list of things that come to my mind that are about suffering. So um, as soon as something pops up that, that is, creates suffering in my home or in my mind, in my life, I'm quick to determine, is this suffering that I want to allow in? So let me just give you a couple steps because this is sort of a vague thought. I'm just going to split it into three things. So number one, take inventory of your suffering. So this might be something that you do um, on paper or you can... um, rip up you know scraps of paper and have little pieces all over the table that you work with you can use a whiteboard or just your journal or your computer whatever works best for you and take an inventory of areas where you feel you are suffering and I want you to ignore the temptation to say oh I shouldn't really complain it's not that bad this is an inventory if you were doing inventory in a store It's not the time to decide whether or not you should remove uh, this many bags of oatmeal from the the grocery store, you know, shelf. We just need to know how many bags of oatmeal there are. So just count them and put it down. Inventory. And then later, I imagine, the managers of that store would assess whether or not they want to have oatmeal on the shelves again. But for now, you just need to know what's there. So make an inventory of your current suffering. Is there someone who calls you on the phone and every time they call you feel very confused, it's hard for you to say yes or no, and it creates kind of this angst in you? Is there a weird expectation in your home with your family members that you're supposed to always make dinner and Everyone assumes it, and you don't want to rock the boat, so you never say anything, but you'd kind of like to share the load of cooking. Is there, you know, a repair that needs to be made on your car, but your roommate or your spouse or your your kids or your parents, there's something else that they feel the money is more of a priority to go to, but you know your car is going to break down if you don't get this fixed, and so but you don't say anything and you have this nagging fear in the back of your mind that your car is going to break down, that would be an area of suffering. Perhaps you are like me and you are waiting in line for a surgery, which now looks like could be two years away uh, thanks to COVID and the long waiting list for the specialist that I'm about to see. Um, And so for a while, I had this checklist on my wall, and I would just check off every single day because I really thought the surgery would be probably just maybe nine months away. 
And now that I'm into month seven of waiting, they told me that it's at least another year and a half to two years before I get in. So every day that I marked a day off on my chart, it bugged me. Every night I thought I was doing something maybe positive or productive in this area. So I would brush my teeth, I'd look at my chart, I'd tick that day was done, and I could go, wow, I've I've waited now four months. Oh, now I've waited five months. Now I've waited seven months. Um, I have to wait two years. And I made a bigger chart, and it was so overwhelming, I just ripped it down. I thought, nope, this, this chart is actually adding to my suffering. Because every day that I see it, I'm reminded of how long it really is. So for me, removing that chart was removing a certain kind of suffering for myself. And instead, I have started to make a list of goals that I would like to accomplish in the next two years. And they are small and they are gentle, but it is a different place for my mind to focus on. So if in two years, by the time I get to the date of the surgery, I have accomplished, you know, 10 of these really small things, even things like cleaning up our financial, you know, spreadsheets on the computer or certain things. When I get to the two years, I won't say, okay, good, I waited two years. Phew, I'm here. All my attention is now on my surgeon. He is now my savior. I've waited so long. He's the guy. This is the big moment. Instead of that, I will be able to say, I'm here. It's been two years. I have waited. It's been a long time. However, in the meantime, I have accomplished these things. I've gotten these things in order in my life. It's been a productive two years. And so for me, that was one way to um, remove some unnecessary suffering. And sometimes the, these kind of inventories that we need to take um, are really obvious. Sometimes they sneak up on us and we don't, we don't realize how much stress or suffering we have allowed into our lives. Or maybe it's a, a task list that you've been procrastinating with, something that just hovers over your head. Or maybe you have decided for yourself that you want to throw a big Thanksgiving or Christmas dinner and and you want everyone to be there but you know some people can't be there and and so you think about it all the time and you're trying to figure out how to navigate relationships or who sits where or or you're planning a wedding and uh, with all the covid stuff it you know the rules change all the time and so your brain goes round and round of scenarios trying to figure them out that is a form of suffering. The poor brain just gets bogged down with millions of options that that um, don't maybe don't really solve anything. So you may have to take inventory and say, okay, I've got um, some tasks that need to be de delegated or dealt with. I've got a bunch of thoughts in my head regarding options for the future that we need to make a decision on. Maybe I need to ask some advice. Okay. I've got to get ready. Uh, winter's coming. I need to prepare for the outside. And I just keep thinking about that leak in my roof, the leak in my roof. What can I do? Okay, put that down. That's a, 
that's hanging around in your head and causing you to suffer. So you kind of get the idea. So the idea is see what's in your brain. It's all there. And whether you pay attention to it or not, it will, it will go around and around. And if it helps you to think about it, think about your, your brain being um, recorded, kind of like, do you remember the, the Truman Show? Or um, more realistically, what reality TV might look like when there's a camera that follows people around. It's not always very realistic because they know they're on camera. But, but it would be the idea that we would tuck a little camera in your brain and we would watch what are the things that roll over in Heather's mind over and over again throughout the day. So maybe she wants to do a podcast, but, um, oh, her voice is a little groggy today. Can't do it today. Maybe tomorrow. Oh, hmm. Now it's uh, windy and so it's noisy or whatever. Write, <laughs> write the thing down. Uh, so if you imagine like a movie, you would see this, this clutter and this mess and you'd say, Heather, come on, take a look. See all those things. They don't need to be there. So number one, take inventory. See your current suffering. Don't judge it. Just write it down. Number two, <clears throat> this might be helpful um, in prioritizing um, maybe what the biggest things are. So you, you might want to just circle or number or rearrange if they're little physical items that you have on a table. What are the biggest things? What's the biggest thing that if that was removed, you would feel this incredible relief? You know, maybe you're trying to pay off a mortgage or pay for your kid's university or um, you have some medical bills or things that have come up in your life. And, and that's the big one. You don't care if you paint your house this year. You want to get it done, but you don't care as much as paying this big medical bill. So, so the medical bill is your you put that higher in the list. That's, that's maybe even number one, suffering, okay? So you start to prioritize what the biggest ones are. So now you're, you're not judging them as in to get rid of them or call them less or more. You're just saying which one is maybe bigger. And then number three would be to pick, pick a few that you can do some work on. You're not gonna solve all of it at the same time, but you might solve one thing. So I'll take you back, uh, as an example, I'll take you back in my history a little bit. When we were first married, I, I, I wanted to be someone that had plants in the house. I think I may have told the story before, but I'll tell it again, because it's so ridiculous. <laughs> So I got these plants, I think I took some from my home when I moved out from my parents' home, and some that people had given us, and they were big, like nice, big, beefy pots and tall plants, and we just kind of put them in all around the house, and I, I loved it. I thought it was really cool, and I, I used to do landscaping in the summers as a summer job, and I loved the feeling of my fingers in the dirt, and so I thought, okay, I'm married, I'm in the house, I can, now I can dig in these plants, you know, make it my thing. So out of my little naive 20-some-year-old brain, I thought, okay, uh, they need nutrients. So as I'm boiling potatoes <clears throat> on the stove to make dinner, I thought, oh, I'll let this water cool because it has all the nutrients from a potato in it. I'll let the water cool 
and then I'll pour it into all the plants, into the dirt, because that would be kind of like compost. And maybe it's like a tea, like a compost tea. So I, I do that. I cool the water. I dump this giant pot of potato water into all these plants. And I'm pretty proud of myself. I think, okay, watch them just grow, thrive. So I don't know how long it took, but it was a little while later. Enough that I couldn't remember about what I had done um, to connect the dots very quickly. But there was this really strange smell in the house. And uh, we could not figure, we thought maybe like a mouse or a squirrel had got in and died. You know, it was bad. So we were searching, searching all over the house, looking in the vents, just thinking, we're going to find something horrible. And as I got close to sniffing around, I was close to one of the plants, and I smelled into the plant pot, and it was the dirt. The dirt, <laughs> the potato water had basically composted inside the dirt, but it was rotten. It just stunk. The whole thing stunk. The plant stunk. I don't know what I had done, really. I don't know if that... Anyway, it was so bad. So we took all these plants carried them out onto the porch where the sunshine was and thought, let's just let the sun and the wind kind of blow off all this smell. And that should fix it. So it was a beautiful hot day. And I don't know what I was doing or distracted, but I basically left them out too long and they burnt. They just burnt to a crisp, just dried out and died. All of them died. So I don't know, maybe six or seven large potted plants, just, just gone. So I had the decision then to, am I going to get new plants? Am I going to be that plant girl? Um, and some of it was wrapped up in what I thought maybe a woman should be, someone who can you know, decorate her home and take care of plants or whatever expectation I had of myself. So I could either go replace the plants or not get plants. And we and I, Randy and I, uh, decided let's have no plants. And <laughs> that was one way that we began to simplify our home. Uh, it required no, no watering, no care for it. Uh, there was no bugs that might show up on a plant. And then over time, as I was diagnosed with endometriosis and went through a number of surgeries in those first early years of our marriage, um, and then we were, had two kids and little babies at home, and then I was quite sick for those first 10 years of our kid's life, um, everything had to become more simple. So if we were going to quickly sweep the wooden floor... I wanted to get whatever off the floor as possible so that when it came time to sweep, I didn't have to move stuff. There was no heavy plant to move. There was no weird object on the floor that I had to pick up to sweep underneath. Tasks had to be as simple and quick as we could make it. And so we started this kind of decluttering of our life based on making things as simple as we could for a long time and that's continued right up until today our home is pretty minimal pretty pretty easy um, so that when we clean it it's fast and easy to clean and there's there's not a lot of fuss so 
when I'm in other people's homes and I see these beautiful shelves with cool things on them and plants that are healthy and I go, oh man, I could do so much more in the house. I'm, oh, maybe I'm kind of a lousy uh, person that I don't have this much detail in my house. Nope. I have to remember we removed that because for that, for me, that was, that caused suffering. And if I compare myself to my friend, that causes suffering. So it's, it's an easy trap to fall into um, and one that really needs to um, have our awareness on it so that we can relieve it. Um, so I guess my, my hope for you today as I think about sharing this with you and think about who you are and what's going on in your life is that I, I wish and I desire for you that that you would have no pain. And I wish for myself that I would have no pain. But that continues to be my reality. And maybe it's your reality too. And so for that, I offer uh, the greatest compassion and prayers that you would be sustained, that you would have peace, that God would give you courage in whatever you're going through. But then too, I challenge you to take a look at areas in your life where you are suffering, perhaps needlessly, and invite you to take inventory, to prioritize, and to choose a few that you can, one by one, eliminate that type of suffering from your life. And if you feel stuck today, if you feel like you can't see past the suffering to know how to fix it, that's no problem. You would never tell someone who you saw suffering in physical pain to, you know, to just fix it or, or do something. They, they can't see past it. They're coping. And so it might be that you need someone else. And one of, my, one of the greatest things that has been for me is when I sit with my husband or one of my girlfriends and I say, can you just listen to what I'm about to tell you and, and tell me what you hear? And is there something in there that you see that I can't see? you can help me because I, I can't see past this and it's been fantastic and other people are able to spot spot something that you can't see and we can be humble and we can admit that we don't know and we can ask people to help us so that is that's my prayer for you and for myself today that we would be people who if we have to live with pain of any kind in our life that we would that we would live with it courageously and we would do our very best to manage it as as much as we can and with as many resources as we can draw on that are available to us but for those things that we have added into our life that are unnecessary suffering i pray that that wisdom will come to you that you will you will take your list and your inventory and you'll bring it before the Lord and say, God, what, what can I get rid of here? What is, what is unnecessary and what are the steps that I can do to ask for help or to take some of these things and, and look for solutions and do some research and some practical looking around for ways that I can solve this ongoing suffering that may not need to continue. So that's my hope for you today. I'll just say a prayer for you, and then we'll finish our time. 
Lord, I thank you for the chance to be together this morning with whoever chooses to listen to this. I believe that there are some who just seek quietness with you and maybe another voice to spend the quietness with. And if that's me, then Lord, I thank you for the privilege to speak into their lives. I thank you for um, this love of learning that you've given me that I can find these books and just devour them and connect them to your word and, and know that you speak through authors, you speak through people, you speak through nature and the leaves that are falling and the sun dappling on the ground or the hazy sky. You're in all of it, God, and you're speaking to us and we have to quiet ourselves to listen. So whoever is quiet and listening today, Lord, I pray that they would know that they have done a courageous thing by slowing down to gain their bearings, perhaps, or a new perspective on something. And Lord, I pray as they maybe try this exercise and take inventory and see which stress, which source of suffering is their biggest and seek to find ways to solve it, Lord. I pray for courage and patience and, and just a sense of your discernment with them that you would help them see things that they have not seen before. And as we loosen ourselves from this unnecess unnecessary suffering, Lord, that you would free us then to live for you, to know you and to spread your love and your truth uh, to this world that is so broken, that is hurting and needs to know a God who is with them in their suffering, in their pain. So Lord, as we... As we clean up our own lives, we create room for other people to come and share that space and we can love them. And that's my hope. So Lord, I pray that you would um, speak to us as we listen for you in this process. We love you and we honor you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for being with me this morning. Um, if you haven't yet, I invite you to check out my uh, website rhythmsofgrace.ca and I have a new section in there called spiritual direction and um, it just defines a little bit of what I do as I meet with people one-on-one -on -one, and these days it's just online and if that interests you check it out it's just a little button called spiritual direction and you can read a bit more of what that's like and uh, contact me if that's interesting to you and um, so have a great day, everyone. Thanks for being here, and um, we'll chat again. Bye-bye. <laughs>